America Meditating Radio Show, we collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24-7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guests on Blog Talk Radio as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. Blaylock Dialysis Center is a convenient state-of-the-art dialysis center in the Houston area, run by Dr. Panakin Patel. Relax in a comfortable environment while receiving quality care. Serving adults 18 to geriatrics, we are here to help you. Call 713 463 6611 for more information or visit us at our website at www.blaylockdialysiscenter.com. Blaylock Dialysis Center, where helping you get well is our priority. Get off the grid and step inside your heart. Sister Jenna guides you through a powerful, encouraging, and motivating meditation that allows you to let go and become aware of you, regain strength, power, and peace. Welcome, everyone, to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. We're broadcasting from the beautiful Meditation Museum in the nation's capital. And over the weekend, the African American Museum opened up. And can you believe this? There are Democrats and Republicans sitting together in harmony as um, this milestone of a historical building with artifacts and stories of culture of individuals who've built this incredible country now exist to say it wasn't a dream, it wasn't a nightmare, it wasn't an illusion, it was real. And so if you happen to be visiting the nation's capital, may I please urge you to go and visit the African American Museum. It's been an interesting tenure, you know, these last, I would say, of course, four to eight years, we witnessed the Martin Luther King Memorial being erected and opened up by President Obama. We have witnessed the African American Museum opening up by President Obama. And you will hear individuals say, this president hasn't done much for the country. And then you hear some people say he was the best or had. And I leave it up to you. Where are you inside of yourself in which you then speak the words that you speak? I think that each president that has ever come into a position of power, some have done an incredibly amazing job where history has been made and some have been challenged by their vices where there's been infidelity or um, betrayal or distrust. But yet they are in a position of power that has somehow been able to implement changes. I mean, just look at ratifying or abolishing slavery back in the days and how that had to go to the top for individuals to really begin to engage us in a conversation to say every human being that's a child of God is deservant of respect, dignity, love, and everything that's true. And so positions of power, the claims that it corrupts us. And for some of us who I think might be challenged by a base of value systems, it can definitely take advantage of you. I have to share with you a wonderful 
cute story, and I hope you consider this to be a cute story because it was an interesting position for me to find myself in. I have a very good dear friend of mine who is in a position of authority as well, and I was with her and her team of people in New York recently where... um, you know, she had the the platform of really initiating the good work that she's doing on the global level, especially that of the Middle East. And um, I was traveling with her, you know, and I'm really wanting to see this particular individual also make a very positive impact on our planet. And keep in mind, it's and I'm saying this to all of you without such a pure consciousness of humility that's in my system, that it's very, very rare that I'm in places or positions where... I'm not welcomed, so to speak, and what I mean by that is, and I want you all to know that I'm also working this through within my own consciousness, but that I'm pushed aside, so to speak. And (laughs) there were these few scenes that I'm out with them, right? We're in New York, and I'm accustomed to when I go places, people want to take pictures of me, and people want to have me in their pictures. I mean, come on, I'm Sister Jenna, right? I mean, I'm the one that helps everyone to get their acts together. It's priceless. And I'm there, and there's this adorable, mature woman. She's in her 80s, and she writes for a magazine, diplomatic magazine. She's sort of known like as the Queen of New York. And there were moments where I'm there with my friend, who is definitely, you know, a power hitter in, in history. And I'm pushed aside at the corner, like, oh, no, 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 you get out of the picture. And, like, no one is acknowledging that existence. And I was just like, like, wow, this is a new scene for me. And I kept wondering, like, well, what is this about? What is this trying to teach me? And so as I was telling a friend of mine, Ingrid Vandervelt, who is the CEO of Empower a Billion Woman Movement, which everyone's got to get on board with whatever way you can, I was telling Ingrid, I says, Ingrid, I had to check. I mean, am I attached to my identity as Sister Jenna or am I attached to my virtues as a soul, a child of God? And that whole scene had actually emerged for me in inner dialogue for me to check where am I positioned in my base of intention and that that it was okay if this mature woman in her 80s was pushing me aside and taking pictures of her best friend to say, this is not about you, you get out of the way. And I thought to myself, but wow, oh my gosh, I've committed 30 years of spiritual revival and of making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people's lives better. And here we were being pushed out of the story and I just thought, I'm going to have to learn how to deal with this. And so it was just so interesting that as you understand your own life and your own journey, your ability to coach yourself is a constant story. It's 24-7 that you are coaching your own life and perhaps being a coach of others. And I know many of us are always looking for financial coaches because, oh my gosh, money makes the world go round. And if there isn't enough of it, you find that you struggle to be you know, in a rooted place of your happiness and in your bliss. So I'd love for you to share with me your ideas as to how best would you have handled that. So just imagine, for example, okay, I'm just giving you an example. Just imagine, oh my gosh, and I'm not making this a big deal, but Barack Obama and Mother Teresa walking in a room. And Mother Teresa is pushed aside, and Barack Obama is the one that everybody wants to take a picture with. It's like, what does that say in the framing of the consciousness of our globe? Like, where are we? And again, I had to sit with that purely within my own being to make sure that I was showing up truthfully for me, for me, nobody else, but for me. 
And so I leave that with all of you, my incredible listeners, for the America Meditating Radio, to keep checking your inner story, to be your own coach. And when it comes on to managing money, well, we're going to talk to Janice Goldman, who is really an expert in helping us to talk about money and how we can protect our assets. So stay tuned as we get her on the air in just a minute or two, because what we do best here on the America Meditating Radio is what? We take you into a deep place of inner reflection to have us amplify our purpose of existing. So why don't we do off the grid, into the heart, For all of you who are really trying to manage your life and manage finances and manage family and manage work and all these things that circle around our level of consciousness, trying to either derail us or get us to be more focused. So take a deep breath. And from my Off the Grid into the Heart Meditation CD, let's get off the grid for a minute. Take a deep breath. Exhale. In this meditation, I invite you to become aware of the two types of consciousness that reside within the soul. Let us choose the consciousness of light over the darkness of past stories, the history that gets into our way. Let us now remember our connection to the supreme energy, the supreme soul, the being of light. For far too long, we have allowed the external forces to dictate our inner force. And at this time, I choose to get off the grid and step inside the heart to be myself. I choose to no longer be under the influence of what the world tells me, what my parents have told me, my spouse, friends, or anyone who has been a negative influence in my life. In this meditation, I stand strong in the original, eternal, imperishable worth of the soul. I, the being of light, the soul of power, I step into the heart and I become a being of love, a being of light.
was lifted from bliss, and that just got us right in the mood, right after that wonderful meditation of Off the Grid, Into the Heart, by yours truly, Sister Jenna. Well, today we're joined by Janice Goldman, nationally recognized transformational speaker, financial coach, and author of Let's Talk About Money, Girlfriend's Guide to Protecting Her Assets. Now, having developed the Women's Financial Services Division at Howe Barnes, Hofer, and Arnett, and worked as Senior Vice President and Vice President at such prominent financial institutions as Solomon Smith Barney, Mr. Rowe Financial, Merrill Lynch, Janice Goldman has over 32 years of financial experience under her belt. She specializes in working with women who need to learn how to make the necessary choices in order to thrive in their financial and personal lives. And today, we are really honored to welcome Janice to the America Meditating Radio. Hi, Janice. Hi, and I am very honored to be with you and share in that beautiful meditation. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I'm always into seeing how we can empower women. I know that we have been watching this rise of our narrative where the publicity done that we were only meant to be in a kitchen cooking and having babies has now changed, or it is changing. And, you know, it's just been an interesting time for all of us, Janice. I mean, I was just speaking to my friend from WPFW, Lona Elias, and we were talking about the opening of the African American Museum. Right, I saw that on the news. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? You're watching. Oh my God! Yeah, and it's the irony of the timing and on so many levels. Exactly, and then we've got this conversation of a woman you know, who is now the first presidential nominee in our country, which really seems archaic when so many other countries have have welcomed women prime ministers and presidents around the world. Then you're looking at her going through the fight of her life, the fight of her life. Of her life. And how many women would still be standing (laughs) after the attacks that she has had? Oh, God, My, my heart goes out to her. Yeah. And I, I think she's a incredible role model, and I'm not even taking political positions, but just that women have not really learned to have crocodile skin, rhinoceros skin, you know, to fill their missions. It's true. Well, let's talk about women like you who definitely you're fulfilling your mission. You have said that you know firsthand the struggles of being a single woman and a single mother. My mother was a single mother, and I don't know, it was very interesting. As a child growing up watching her, I felt like I was her mother, and and I was taking care of her. But I know that for each person, their stories are uniquely their own and it's different. How are you able to take charge of your own life and build this successful business in such a male-dominant financial industry? Well, by having no choice. I think the saying is that necessity is the mother of invention. I actually went to college to get my MRS degree, and uh, I was not very interested in finances. I was not interested in really being profit oriented. I was a social worker for the first 10 years of my life. And what happened is I married a man who was an accountant. So that sounded very good that he would take care of the finances, right? Isn't that a good answer to who's going to take care of the money in this relationship? And as life would have it, he became ill. And at the age of 35, 
just after five years of marriage, he passed. And I buried him one day. The next day, I found out I was pregnant with twins. And the day after that, I found out that his life insurance, the beneficiary, was his ex-wife. Painful. Wow. Painful and life-shaping. And life-changing and life-shaping. Wow. Wow. And what happened? What happened from there? Please tell us. Well, so what happened is I was really catapulted into the trajectory of a, a whole path of I am now head of household of three children. And, you know, for a woman who, you know, really was a social worker and was not, you know, profit-oriented, you know, as life is, you quickly have to adapt. So I said to myself, I'm not going to let my children have a lesser life than mine just because their father passed. And I, a little Mm -hmm. bit like, you know, the woman who lifts the car off the baby, you know, I just you know, reached down and, you know, got the strength. And I put myself into um, the financial world because I figured that I now had to learn everything about budget and taxes and wills and how am I going to send my kids to college. It was just Mm -hmm. me. It was just me. You know, it was a very, like, uh, uh, challenging, (laughs) commanding, you know, demand. And I didn't really have any time to look back. I just, you know, started my uh, practice of wanting to help other women face their fears. And what I found is that the more a woman has a setback, you know, it could be an illness could be widowhood it could be divorce but the you know you just don't want to feel like you're a victim in life you know well, here's where i want to jump in because i think for many women who are listening on the air janice there is an element of anger there is an element of almost sort of feeling emotionally paralyzed by the absolute dismay of how perhaps he just forgot to change his will There's a very strong possibility. No, no, no. Yeah, it was definitely inadvertent. It was definitely an oversight. Yeah, right. Actually, uh, half of the beneficiaries, by the way, so if you guys get one tip from today is check beneficiaries are out of date. Yes, I get that. Once I had an accountant take care of my life insurance, and he wrote his name down as a beneficiary, and I was like, okay, I I don't think this is the accountant for me. (laughs) To make a long story short... The anger, the dismay, the fear, the emotional paralysis, the emotional trance experience that you must have been going through, did you find that as a precursor to drive you to not be in that place? Did you find that that energy became an energy to move you into gear in a way like you had never been moved before while you were in the marriage for five years? Yes. I'm so glad that you asked me that question Mm -hmm. because... One is I had no choice. Right. You know, I mean, I really, you know, it's like I say, necessity is the mother of invention. I had no choice. What was I going to just, you know, say to, you know, I had baby. 
you know, I mean, the situation commanded me to come forth in a way that I never thought I could. And I'm very grateful for that because I never would have reached um, as much heights or success, you know, or gone for it as much unless I had to. I get that. For some of us, absolutely traumatizing as these scenes might be that we encounter ourselves in, they become this intriguing energy that says, get up off of your assets and move. (laughs) Right. And the other uh, reason I'm so happy you asked me that question is, and I'm not going to say this quote exactly right, a dear friend of mine and mentor, Barbara Stani, um, says this quote, women are so mad that men don't turn out to be the money managers that we think they should be. And what I'm trying to get at is the ang. First of all, I mean the anger that I had. I'm saying in any situation a woman might find herself in, not necessarily that she was widowed, you know, but any t- you know, say your husband's alive, but any time that a woman will be angry at her husband not providing for her safety and security is such a falsehood, I say, because is she a child? You know, where's her responsibility in her own financial safety and security for herself and the family? I think we are raised in our culture by, you know, about a half a dozen major, major companies really shape the culture that we're raised in, Disney being one of them. So little girls grow up, and we grow up with Sleeping Beauty, right? And we're sleeping and just waiting for that prince to kiss us, right, and give us a majestic life. And, you know, so on and so on. So, so many women associate love and money and that if they find their love, their financial future will be protected. And it's Disney. That's animation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I hear you. I know that we have been governed to believe that. And you might be surprised, Janice, if I were to tell you that I don't mind being in the kitchen, cooking, making the house beautiful, having the babies, and remaining beautiful so that I feel like my family and my husband feels proud to be next to me. But that he has to understand that his role is the one that really generates everything that makes me feel like I am worthy to live the best life ever. And so when you observe women in relationships where men aren't providing that for a woman, and yet she has to step up to the plate and give the kids and clean the house and stay beautiful and make the money, it's like, yo, this is not a good deal. This is not working out for me. I don't think I really need you. And I've said this and I've rippled a lot of feathers. But I really mean it. I feel that it's okay if we play that role of the Disney, the beauty, the ones that make the babies always look beautiful and we make the house heaven when anybody comes home. But he's got to act like the prince that he needs to be and he needs to provide. And if he's not, I question, do I really need this relationship? Because we must understand our role. And I think I want to move us to congratulating you for the release of your new book because your prince left you, not by choice 
but by destiny. And here you are with a new book called Let's Talk About Money. And you teach and empower women to enter into money conversations. And why is it that many women generally don't like to talk about money? And why is it that we need to talk about it now? I'd love for you to share with our our listeners a little bit about that. Great. Well, women, the statistics are staggering. Fidelity came out with a study that said 90% of women would rather talk about any subject other than money. And something like only 70% of women have a financial advisor, and most of those women don't really ever want to go talk to their financial advisor. So what is that all about? I think women don't want to talk about money for some of those Disney reasons. It's almost like if you give up on thinking you're going to be rescued, it's like you're giving up on love. We just collapse like domain of love and money together. And love and money really are not, they have nothing to do with each other, really. You know, they're two separate domains. Why do women need to talk about money? I look at money as a rite of passage to adulthood. It's like putting on your big girl pants. It's being a responsible adult. And I say that you don't know what you don't know, and what you don't know will hurt you. And I know that because that happened to me many times, and I spent 34 years listening to women come in my office, shut the door, and the tissue box would come out, and they were really hurt and devastated because they didn't know. And a few examples of that are women would work for their husband's dental practice for 20 years. Mm-hmm. not be on the payroll. So that meant that they were not contributing into a retirement account. That wow. would mean they were not paying into Social Security. That would mean that they didn't have a credit score. That would mean they didn't have credit. That would mean they didn't have a job history or a resume or references. And, you know, they just really put themselves in a terribly Goodbye. compromising position. Yes. And My book is about, I had to write my book. I don't really fancy myself an author, but I just had to write the book because I saw that someone has to clue women in how to crack this code. And it's very knowable and it's very teachable. And and the consciousness is here to hear the message. And you have to be investigating what you don't know that you don't know because it will it'll sting you. When these emotions become at an all-time high where spouses no longer remember the origin of their love, nor do they even consider the vibration of their children, and it comes down to an almighty dollar where you're like, you're not going to get a dime from me. I have heard that from so many of my students who have gone through a divorce with their husbands that they actually are so vindictive that nobody cares about what anyone actually shared as a sacred union between two people. And then you've got these poor women who are basically becoming maids, waitresses, 
And they're educated, but they never really build anything on their degrees. And I hear what you're saying. What, what you're offering is something really, really important. And I, I'm so miffed that we're coming to an end of this incredible conversation. What I'd like to maybe ask you before we close off of this conversation, Janice, and could you come back on the air? I want to talk more about the steps and, and more about the book because I think we need to hear more. What are the things that women now should prepare for if they're in a marriage and it's a joint bank account, if they're in a marriage, they're not working, if they're in a marriage and they are, you've already told us if they're working for their husband's company, that they need to be on the payroll, that they need to start to get Social Security. Paying into Social Security. Right, right. So tell us before I let you go, especially this, I have got a student, she's a surgeon, her husband used to be a surgeon but went into IT, they're making a lot of money, but everything she earns goes to his account, he spends all the money, she has to get his permission to get money to even donate to our museum if she wants to. And so what would you tell a woman like her in her business and in her world? How do you protect your future if that marriage doesn't work? She knows nothing about She's a surgeon and her paycheck goes into an account with just her husband's name on it? Just yeah, everything goes to his account. Everything. When she needs the money, it's cultural. They're Indians, so you can only understand. But right. I, I, not... I like just saw that in my mind when you said that. You know, yeah, it has but to be you're in America. Cultural. You're in right. America. The rules are different. So what would you tell someone like her? Because there are some women in which whatever she earns is a joint account. It goes to him. I mean, what would you say to her? I would. Here's what I would say to her. Uh, it's not your fault, but... Your actions are making you a walking target. And, you know, I pray for you. I beg you to hear another side of loving yourself and protecting yourself. And, you know, it's very hard to go against cultural, you know, ingrained ways. But, you know, I think that example is a little dramatic. I mean, this is actually her earnings. I know. I think but if you gave her about a half hour with me, I think we would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have her call you. Definitely, we're going to do that. Hey, I want to thank you for being with us on the air. It was just so rich, and I feel like we have so much more to talk about. You know, there's just so we much more to talk do. about. We do. I would be very thrilled. Because this is my mission. You know, yeah. Nobody could have had so many financial mistakes happen to them and have heard so many financial mistakes accidentally. <laughs> so my yeah. mission is to gently or not <laughs> just wake people up to a consciousness and a vigilance of self-protection. And I really would uh, love to be able to come back because I feel that I've done it in a manner that's simple. I teach women yes. what the right questions they have to ask to get the answers they need to be safe and secure. Love that. So tell our listeners, where can they get a copy of Let's Talk About Money, Girlfriend's Guide to Protecting Her Assets? Oh, wonderful. Yes. You can go to Amazon. It's both on Kindle and you know a hardcover. I think it's also on Apple and my website is askjanicegoldman.com. Got it. Okay. And um, I'm very happy to answer questions, you know, that go to, so my email is askjanicegoldman at gmail.com. And I Beautiful. love, love, love answering questions for women. Oh, and yeah, and the time is here, The time, right? The time is here for women it to is. step up. It is. 
is. It is. Janice Goldman, I want to thank you for your spirit, your drive, your love, tenacity, and also for giving us a platform for women and maybe men too, you know, to really come to Absolutely. and ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how can we Absolutely. Oh, my God. Men get victimized by women, you know, as much, you know. <laughs> I know. We do Absolutely. treat them sometimes rough. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the air and many, many blessings. May your success just fall as you like your shadow. Mm, thank you, darling. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so Bye-bye. much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. That was Janice Goldman from AskJaniceGoldman.com. Get a copy of her book, Let's Talk About Money, Girlfriend's Guide to Protecting Her Assets. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation on America Meditating Radio. You know, your thoughts and your words and your reflections are totally important to us, and we want to be able to be with you on this journey and to keep going, to keep going. I think it's one of the most important techniques and things that we are finding ourselves that really... Sometimes we've just got to keep going. You know, keep swimming is what Dory says in Nemo. Just keep swimming despite whatever are the challenges that come before us. We have what it takes. And sometimes that energy of fear and frustration and disappointment and ridicule, it's actually really what we need. Here's We Are Tomorrow by one of our latest friends, Emery Franklin, an up and rising new musician and a very, very sweet soul. Emery, this one's for you. Her track was just released on September 21st, so go to iTunes to get a copy of We Are Tomorrow. Take care, everyone. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we are here to love each other the same, so let's do it. So rise up, my friends. It's the time. It's the time. Take care, everyone.